Welcome to another edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, your personal friend, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who gives a new definition to the term Punisher. I give you the Brit. Yes, I'm going to punish all of you. You've been punishing me since the, the show began. I can tell you that right now. Well before that, I yeah, assure you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, if you joined us last week, Brent, we had a good turnout last week. And the last we week did. before. We're, we're rolling, brother. If you turned out the last couple of weeks, we spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week, Brent, we'll be playing games on, bam, the Capcom CPS 1.5 Dash Play System. Brent, explain to the people what in God's name we're talking about. This was their transition from the uh, CPS-1, which was just a normal board, uh, a PCB with your chips in it, just like you'd have anywhere else, on to, they were heading to the CPS-2, which was going to be a cartridge-based board, where they slid PCBs into an existing uh, overall architecture so they could, uh, it's more uh, economical for arcades and whatnot, easier to program too because you have your OS kind of built into everything, and then you just slide in the new stuff. And this was the stopgap in between. This was why they were doing transitions. CPS 2 wasn't quite ready yet, but CPS 1 was showing its age. So the Dash system had, what, about five games for it, Aaron? It did. And, uh, yes. And they went from there, and they said, you know, this is this is a good system, but it was solely made as a holdover until CPS 2 got, got finished. Correct. And we decided, uh, since we already covered some CPS 1 stuff, that it'd be fun to cover the Dash system. Now, let's get into the Dash in a little more uh, detail. Uh, of course, manufactured by Capcom, released February 1st of 92, and they finished up with it December 6th of 93, so not quite two years of uh, use for the uh, Dash play system. Uh, this roll, this uh, ran on a Motorola 68000 at 10 megahertz. Yeah. That's kind of wacky, isn't it? It is. Uh, this ran at 384 by 224 pixels with 3,072 colors. Weird. Uh, you could have, uh, they had this set up to how you could have three to six buttons and an eight-way stick. Uh, so, like Brinson, this was sort of a stopgap in between the CPS-1 the CPS-2. Let me tell you something about these CPS boards, and the, uh, the Dash was no exception. If you look at these uh, boards, if you hold them in your hand, these are a sandwich of boards, like interconnecting boards. Yeah. They're in a box, basically. It, it has a name. It's a box, big old box. And inside the box is these boards. Now, Capcom nothing. was real, they were real Absolutely paranoid nothing. about their systems. And so they used the infamous suicide uh, batteries on these things. Uh, and which the, uh, there was volatile memory that required power, and so when you were, when that power ran out, you lost that you lost your ability for that board to work. And this yes. this dumbfounded uh, people for a long time until they were able to crack these things, and so you could basically bring these boards back from the dead. Uh, but yeah, I and mean, it's not just e as easy as switching out a couple double A's. The yeah. batteries in some boards are embedded in the board. Yeah, not necessarily in Capcom's cases. But uh, these suicide batteries would be in the actual PCB, and you'd have to cut it out with a knife. Yeah. Ridiculous. They, and if you were an arcade owner and these things went bad on you, you literally had to send them back to Capcom to have them take it back to the factory and, and fix them. Yeah. And I can tell you, now me and the Brent owned some CPS-1 and some CPS-2 boards, and 
I can tell you right now, that was a constant fear. And when we owned them, they weren't nearly as old as they are now. <laughs> so Absolutely. And those suckers didn't come cheap either. Because yeah. the, and, and was getting a big them deal. repaired was a, an absolute pain. Even yeah. for the easiest ones, yeah. uh, it required clipping wires or clipping uh, from the board and soldering things back in. Yeah. They weren't wires. They were actually like hard points. But my goodness, it was an absolute disaster. And it was just these weren't made for longevity and i understand that right so these people weren't thinking you know 15 years down the road someone's still going to be wanting to play uh you know the punisher or or you know saturday night slam masters and i would say if they had it over to do over again they wouldn't have manufactured them like that because i can't imagine it was any cheaper than putting a different kind of battery in that you could change out easily. But holy cow, absolute nightmare for anyone wanting to maintain boards like this. I always wondered how the arcade owners felt knowing that they had a board that could go bad on them. I mean, because these things weren't cheap. Like I said, if you had now, I'll grant you a lot of times arcade owners would at, at back in the day. And this would, you're talking again, this is the early nineties. Uh, these boards would probably get shuffled in and out a lot, but still, if you're paying all this money for these boards, something you think you could always go back to, and you find out that all of a sudden you that these things are going to have a, a a date where they're going to no longer work, that would anger me as a as a arcader. This is one of the boards that we unloaded quick, wasn't it? Because well, we were paranoid. I, yeah, I, and it, it. I don't know. I mean, if you had machines on site, there are different types of operators. There are operators that actually care about their machines. And that would probably be a concern. But the majority of operators are there to make a buck, and they know that two years down the line, this game's not going to be in a cabinet anyway. Well, They're going to yeah. be swapping it out for the new hotness. And so I doubt they necessarily cared much. It's not like a jukebox or even a pinball machine, although pinball machines have sort of the same problem, but in a different way, Yeah, uh, that you're going to keep forever and ever and still be making money off of it. Video games, man, you're arcades if you can last a year in the arcade you've got one of the best games ever yeah so they knew it was an in and out type of thing that's why when we covered double dragon last week and we heard that it was the number one arcade game for two years in a row that was stunning and that was a very rare occurrence incredibly stunning yeah so this game Brent mentioned this this only had there were only five capcom dash play system releases uh, and we've actually covered uh, uh one of them already which was cadillacs and dinosaurs we covered that in the coin-op uh, video way back. Uh, it was the first dashboard uh, game to come out. It came out in uh, February of 92. It was followed by uh, one of the, ga- the games that we'll be covering today, which is Worries of Fate. Then that was followed by The Punisher. And then the last two games released were wrestling-based games, Saturday Night Slam Masters, which came out in uh, July of 93. And then shortly thereafter, uh, Muscle Bomber Duo Ultimate Tag Battle, which was a sort of a sequel or an extension of Saturday Night Slam Matches, it came out, and it was the last game to come out. It came out in December of 93. A lot of people are going to be surprised, the Brent, that I didn't cover uh, any of the wrestling games, given the fact that I'm a big wrestling fan. I'm going to address that right now. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. I never liked those games because they were they sort of like, they're a combination of like, Remember the part in Final Fight where you fight that guy in the wrestling ring? They're sort of like that. They just basically take well, that sort of. I mean, I, but I, it's not like more it, in depth than that. But it's not a pro. It's not a wrestling game like WrestleFest, and it's not a Final Fight style game like, say, Final Fight. It's somewhere in the middle, 
and that place that it dwells stinks. I don't. I never liked that place. Now they the muscle do a muscle bomber duo ultimate team match was a little better. You had more characters, but I didn't like it that much either. And so uh, when since I'd covered a game of, on this system already, and I wasn't going to cover these two, and I knew what you were covering, that narrowed it down to one game. And so my God, that's what I'm covering this week. I guess I'll go ahead and pick. That's a good intro. <laughs> Uh, there the you brand. go. <laughs> you know, I mean, I basically I had no choice what a segue. in that. I got stuck with this, and I will say, Britt, not an idiot. He picked his before I could even before I could, before I could say a word. He was already picked his. So the game I'm going to be playing this week is Bam. Here we go, Warriors of Fate. Warriors yeah. of Fate, but they'll worry you. Don't think they won't worry you. <laughs> Again, this was on the uh, Capcom Dash. This got released, uh, believe it or not, on the Sega Saturn, the PlayStation. Did you know that? This had home releases? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is a hugely popular game everywhere but here. Yeah, this was a up-to-three-player game. Another weird oddity. This is one of those games, sort of like Mercs, where you can play three pay- people at once. Also strange, or like a, or a Rampage. Uh, this was released in 92, October 31st. I like that, worldwide. Kind of neat. Uh, in Japan, it got uh, uh, on PlayStation. It got released in '94, and on the Saturn in '96. So, what is Warriors of Fate? I learned a lot about Warriors of Fate this week because I knew nothing. Okay, so <laughs> Warriors of Fate is a video game based on a manga. Did you know that? Yes. You? How the heck did you know that? I, I watch a guy that plays this whole series. No kidding! I can't believe that. So it's it, the name of the manga, and I'm going to mangle these names. Uh, is Tenchu Wu Kuru, uh, Kura? Let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> and then, and so uh, this game was the was believe it or not was not the first game that was released uh, based on Dude. this manga. In fact, this is like the second game that was released out of three. Uh, the first game was called uh, uh, Dynasty Warriors. Yep. And then you also had uh, uh, a game called Destiny of an Emperor. Pretty cool. This was a this was a beat 'em. Actually, I think this is the third of the. Uh, this yes, this is the third. So there was the there was an arcade game that was released from Capcom, and it was called Dynasty Wars. Dynasty Wars was an older Capcom game where you fought from horseback. Okay, now, believe it or not, there's a backstory to all this, and I'm going to try to dip into <laughs> it, okay? Oh, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> okay, now, wait, give me a break here. So, the storyline is set in the Three Kingdoms period in China, when Western Shu, Northern Wei, and Eastern Wu, whoo, battled to conquer China, okay? Lu Bai is a descendant of Lu Xing, Prince Jing of Zokshan of the Han Dynasty. All right. Cao Cao is the adopted grandson of Cao Ting, a eunuch in the palace. Poor guy. He got hosed. Sun Jian is the governor of Zhang Dong. I'm the king of Dong, by the way, in case you look at my shirt here. <laughs> and the three show their marvelous leadership roles to divide China into three states, Shu, Wei, and Wu. Okay. I don't know what any of this means. Woo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, you are uh, intermingled in this somehow, and I have no idea what's going on with that. So let's pretend we don't know because we don't. It's China. It's going down, and you know it's going down in a violent way. Okay, so 
what do you do in this crazy game? Well, you pick a you pick a character out of a batch of like five guys here, and I'm going to kind of briefly touch on these characters. Because they're pretty they're pretty different. Okay, the characters you can play as are uh, Guan Ye, Zhang Fei, Zhou Hun, Hyung Zarn, All right, and We Yan. Okay, now does that mean anything to you? Probably not. So we'll go a different way. All right, you got a couple guys that go barehanded. You got a sword guy. You got a bow and arrow guy. Okay, he's That's old. It. That's it. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go down that road. And again, if, if for any of the Chinese listeners or listeners that are steeped into this manga, I do apologize. I'm not trying to be a smarty. I just don't have any idea what any of this means because it, this is very <laughs> unusual for me. So, what do you do in this game? You run through nine stages of game. This is set up very much like Final Fight. As you start off with like a, a, a little mini movie or a little, uh, a little plot action that, give, that kind of sends you on your way. And your ultimate aim is to finish off the bad guy, uh, Lu Bu. Okay? So each level you go through, you'll see a map on the screen before you start. And one area will highlight, just like Final Fight. When you clear that level, the next level will highlight, just like Final Fight, okay? Um, and when you defeat them all, you have you have your boss battle. Now, uh, also like Final Fight, you're going to hear those words a lot. Uh, you are going to be picking up weapons along the way to help you in your battle. Uh, now, for example, some guys come with a built-in weapon, all right? They'll have a sword or a bow and arrow. Yep. That doesn't mean they can't have another sword or a mace or whatever crap they find lying around. There's weapons all over the place in this, and you can pick them up and you can attack the bad guys on this. I mean, this is sort of uh, the the actual graphics in this are very reminiscent of something like the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons games, aren't they? In terms of the backgrounds and the vegetation and stuff. Is that what it reminded you of? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, If this was... I, I, I would... I have gambled money. This was the same engine. It's not, at least not that I'm aware of, but uh, yeah, I would have gambled it was the same engine. Yeah, it is surprisingly not the same engine. I was kind of surprised by that too, to be if I'm honest, because it does look a lot like uh, the graphical, and even your characters have share a lot in common with the Dungeon Dragons guy. Not just because they're wearing weapons and wearing robes and stuff. They just, you know, and the bad guys. I mean, clearly the same artists certainly worked on on the on both games. So again, I mentioned there are nine there are nine levels in this. Uh, each level has a name. All right, I'm not going to name all these, but the one thing about them is at the end of the level you get to fight the, a boss, and each of the bosses have a different gimmick. For example, the boss at the end of the first level is named Guido. He's got a spear. Then you've got a guy later on that has a hammer. You've got a guy that has a bunch of daggers. You've got a guy that throws bombs. He's the last guy. So you've got different, you know, it's pretty much standard fare in this game. Uh, there are different levels, and each one has sort of a story. But one thing I noticed about this game as I got into it, because me and the me and the boy have played this one before, because we we went through a phase where we played all these sort of beat 'em ups. This one uh, has a problem that I that turns me off of it as you get into the later rounds. Every time you play these games, of course, they're made to take your money. Okay, yeah, and uh, you're going to march out a, a limited number of soldiers in this game, okay? Just like every other game. This game seems to have a particularly limited amount of bad guys. And at certain levels, they just get the levels get real 
mundane and plain, and they just send out wave after wave of huge bad guys to take your money. And unlike a game like X-Men or Cadillacs and Dinosaurs or even The Punisher, uh, this they there were no bones about it in this. They just sent out a wave after wave of guys in these boring battles. And I will say, I, I, it got kind of boring about two-thirds of the way through the game. Uh, one of the aspects of this game that differentiated from the, some of these other games that I mentioned was the fact that you can fight from horseback. This is a pretty neat element. Uh, uh, the horseback uh, gives you the ability to dash with your horse, you're fighting downward, so you're hitting these ground targets. If you've got the archer, the archer's sort of permanently shooting diagonally down, which sounds like horrible, and it's not the best. I'm not going to lie. I beat the game with him the other night. But on the horse, he gets a much better vantage to shoot from. Absolutely, yeah. You know, So he ends up being a pretty nasty player. Something else I liked is that you can, of course, you could turn the facing of your horse with button. You can also run the horse one way and attack the other way, which is nice. Yeah. So you can attack both ways while your horse is in one way. Uh, sort of like, a, like say, a golden axe. Uh, when you're mount, you can get dismounted a couple times, and eventually the horse will just run off, and then you got no horse. I thought the horses didn't come out enough in this, to be, if I, to, because, I mean, the first game, had you were on horse the whole time, and that's sort of a neat element, and I wish they would have had more horse action as opposed to less horse action. Uh, some of the enemies come out on horses, but you instantly destroy them and take their yeah. horse, and so you never really fight any mounted enemies for the most part. Uh, and so that's kind of a bummer. What did you think about the whole uh, animal, you know, the horse angle? And what did you also, I want to know what, what you thought about the weapons in this that you start off with with your guys. Well, I always played the sword guy. Uh, which which uh, this guy that we're looking at now, the green yes, guy? Uh, yes, because uh, he's green. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I believe you. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, you're right. The game is a flood of enemies. There aren't enough unique enemies to keep interest peaked. Uh, when you get on a, a mount or something like that, it does make the game more interesting. I love charging people and just running them over. Yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, and you get a different sort of move set while you're on the horse, which makes it the gameplay a little more interesting. But when you get knocked off the horse, then it's bad times because the horse makes you exceptionally powerful. Yeah, he helps uh, a lot. Because you've got that, you're higher and you get, you've got the advantage, you've got a longer reach too. Yeah, especially if you've got uh, the archer, it really helps a lot with him. So when you lose the horse, you're getting powered down, but there's still the exact same amount of enemies coming. Yeah. And if you lose the horse early in a scene, holy cow, it's a long trog to the end. Um, it's a long uh, trog any way it goes. <laughs> it, it is. It is because this game uh, sort of. I think this game outstays its welcome. If you nine levels are too much, I think they lost steam. There's a couple levels that are kind of unique. The one there's one I like where you're uh, on these flaming barges. That's kind of cool that you've set fire to. There's there's a couple where there's fires going on. You're running through these places, but I mean, I, when you look at this game, I mean, let's face facts. The dash system was made for these beat 'em ups. Okay, there's no doubt about it because every game on it, it's a beat 'em up style game. Even the wrestling game. I think of all the beat 'em ups that are on here, this is the weakest one. If I'm yes. honest. Uh, well, yeah. that's not true. I think the wrestling ones are the weakest ones, but this one's right behind. Well, it. I don't consider those beat 'em up. I just think I just... 
I understand what you're saying. This game is like the hybrid of if Dungeons and Dragons and Kallax and Dinosaur had a, had an unfunny child, it would be this. I just <laughs> it, it it I don't hate it. I mean, and me and the Luke have played it and had a good time. I mean, it's okay, but I mean, again, it's just and possibly because the subject matter doesn't do it for me that much. But I mean, I, this is not my favorite. I will say there are some elements of this that I do enjoy. There's a lot of over the top violence in this. You're cutting people's heads off. You're cutting people yeah. literally in two. You can actually half, cut people yeah. in half with your hands somehow. <laughs> that occasionally will happen. Which was kind of funny. Uh, there, all these. One thing I didn't know about ancient China, the brand. Maybe you could, because you've not got a background in history to a certain degree. I didn't realize the prevalence of pro wrestling moves in ancient China. There's tons. <laughs> there's power bobs, pile drivers. There's all kinds of pro wrestling in this, which is bizarre. Uh, this follows the pattern of a lot of these style games. You can walk up and get next to a guy and kind of grab him, and then you can either throw him or you can jump and then do a bigger throw. And different yeah. characters do different throws. There's one guy who's basically like a pro wrestler. He's barehanded. That's all he does, just run out and throw guys. Uh, and which he's, I haven't, I haven't played him that much because he didn't have a weapon to start off with, but he was still kind of neat. Uh, but there's a lot of throws in this. There's a lot of clever touches in this that these games always have in terms of what you're to keep the fighting spicy. Your guy can do different little tricks. You, it's all, it's got the same gimmick where you hit both buttons and he'll do like a special attack that special drains move, your energy. Yeah. I mean, they did not reinvent the wheel here, did they? No, and they really they didn't need to. The appeal of this game is, man, I liked Final Fight. Well, this is like Final Fight, and you get some weapons, and you get uh, uh, some mounts. So it was a natural progression from that. Whereas, what makes a good beat-em-up, right? You have to have variety. You have to have good enemies. You have to have good characters. This has no, not enough variety. It has very vanilla enemies. And at least the heroes are somewhat interesting. And they're diverse enough that you can start a game over, choose a different character, and at least feel like you're playing a slightly different game. However, where it bogs down, like we said before, the enemies are just too same-ish, and you have to fight too many of them. There's some interesting cutscenes in this. There's one where your guys are like, oh, crap, they're killing the civilians, and it shows this mob of people running, and they've got bad guys are behind them just with spears, just stabbing them and killing them <laughs> left and right. I thought yeah. that was pretty gruesome. Ah. One, one of the things you do in this is you're always trying to make your way to fight the final bad guy. I don't know. I'm going to spoiler alert, by the way. If you haven't played this to completion, <clears throat> I'm going to spoil it. So the whole game, you're trying to get to this bad guy, and he keeps throwing these other guys in front of you. And these guys are willing to die for this guy. Like So they have devotion to him. You kind of start to feel bad. On the last level, I mean, there's one point where he sends out these three, like, gymnastic chicks to fight. You have to kill all them. Then you have to, you're fighting all these women, men. It doesn't matter. They all die under your knee, under your sword. At the end, he brings out this strapping young blonde kid, this big strapping guy with some chicks to fight you, and you finally kill him. So then the only guy that's left is the guy you've been after, right? Now, I think this game must have multiple endings because I got a bad ending when I killed him. Mm. But the funny thing is, you're, this guy throws bombs at you. like, And that's something you see some guys in the game throw bombs. And they look like the old Roadrunner cartoon bombs. Yeah, the fuse yeah they're big brown and black <clears throat> one, yeah. So at the end, when you're fighting the boss, uh, after a while, he's like, I'm, going, I'm not going out like this. And so he just runs and jumps off of a waterfall. 
And then <laughs> when I read the flavor text at the end, where it, they're, 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 the king or whatever was like, good job, you took care of that guy. And then when you read the flavor text, it says like, yeah, the guy didn't die. He regathered all of his troops up and he killed everybody. And it shows all your guys mauled. And then that's the end of the game. I'm like, man, yeah. what do you have to do to get the good ending? And I'm still not sure. Because I didn't read a whole lot of people talking about the ending of the game. It's very bizarre. <laughs> and it was it ended on a real downer. I know Luke was not happy when we got to the end of the game. And that happened. So, and the thing is, you felt kind of bad because this guy was pretty noble uh, at the end of the game, jumping off the waterfall and, as opposed to dying, which is a good move because you knew we were going to kill him. Um, overall, I would call this mindless fun to play through one or two times and then probably never fool with it again the brand what do you think i think that's a fair a fair assessment uh of course when you have these things at home uh, they always lose a little bit because you always know you can put in another quarter yeah you don't have that stress of of man i've got two bucks left i'm on the last level i really want to get through this you know that's lost and of course playing this alone is never as much fun as it's going to be when you're playing with another person. Just even if you're just getting in each other's way and uh, uh, beating up the bad guys, pinballing them back and forth if you get them set up just right, you have all that fun stuff going on that, that when you play it alone, you don't have. Does the game look good? Yeah. Does the game sound good? It sounds fine. Uh, does it play good? Sure. It plays like a beat em up. It just, for me, there are better beat em ups out there. Uh, even better beat em ups in this jaw in this story in this universe that like you said sure i think it's worth picking up playing maybe once or twice but it's never one i'm gonna come back to yeah I, i'm gonna agree with you uh i i looked this up on ebay and i did not see any of these currently up uh the uh uh Everything goes for a million dollars now, so I wouldn't expect to get this thing cheap if you can find it. But again, it, it it's the, I wouldn't fool with the CPS dashboards even now because they're still even when those batteries die, even if it's been fixed, they're gonna unless you get one that's been pre modded, it's probably not worth fooling with. To be completely yeah. honest with you, I got no reviews on the game this week, the Brent. So no one, which I can understand that this is not one of the more popular Capcom CPS uh, titles. Although again, in in Japan, this was a huge seller. In America, not so much. So there you go. That was uh, Warriors of Fate, uh, and it's fated to not uh, know what's going on the entire time you're playing the game. So, <laughs> with all that said, the Brent, uh, you pick. You would a whole different direction. Except the exact same direction. Yeah, I was going to say, no, I didn't. Listen, I'm trying to build it up here. What did you pick this week? Well, we went from highbrow, deep storyline. That we pivoted completely. Now we're going to punish with the Punisher. Yes. Now, Aaron, before we get into the game proper, uh, this is something I think you could do far better justice to than I can. Can you give us a little Punisher comic book background? Punisher wasn't one of my favorites, but in a nutshell, it was a guy called Frank Castle. Now, of course, you know, ret things have been retconned out the nines, okay? But Frank Castle's family was, like, killed by the mob, of how it went. And so he ended up uh, becoming a very, very dark vigilante-style character. And his he did, he would go out and just, his he loved going after the mob, for example, and crushing the mob. But eventually, he ended up being so popular uh, that he ended up, uh, sort of, sort of like a daredevil character, a guy who did a lot of street level crime, but also would go play with the big boys occasionally. 
And amazingly, they put him in the uh, new Avengers, which, boy, what? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> but no, and, no, and all the other characters like, why would we put this guy in here? He's a piece of garbage. And Frank was like, no, I'm going to be great. It's like, no, you're not. A lot of crazy stuff happened in the Punisher. He died. He came back to life. He was an angel. There was a chick Punisher. You know, a bunch of crazy stuff. But in his heyday, uh, this was a good book. And occasionally some of the reboots have started out, at least pretty interestingly. Uh, the other character in this, Nick Fury, he's a much more interesting character to talk about because he's been retconned about 30 times. Yeah. Nick Fury was one of the Howling Commandos uh, back in the old uh, WW2 books. He was around forever. Uh, he was the uh, leader of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. For the, for the longest time. But he was also white. He's always been white. He looked just like R Reed Richards with an eye patch. That's what he looked exactly the same <laughs> from the, if you if you follow the Fantastic Four. Uh, Nick Fury was a no-nonsense, like cigar-smoking, like hard to deal with ex-military jerk. You know, he ran chill with an iron fist. And so <clears throat> somewhere along the ways, he became Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, and now, much like the Kingpin, he switched ethnicity and totally changed in every way. Now he's sort of the smooth operating tough guy. Uh, but uh, the original Nick Fury wasn't like that. And the fact that Nick is in this game is sort of an anomaly because he's not the guy that I would have yeah. picked to back up the puncher, but he does fit quite nicely. So it was a pretty good choice. But uh, yeah, he's an interesting cat on his own. And when you have a Punisher game, Aaron, what do you think the Punisher, who do you think the Punisher is going to go after? Uh, the mob. The mob, but who specifically the in the pin. mob? The king. That's pin. right. And that is what you are tasked with in the, the arcade version of Punisher. You are bringing down the mob, the crime lord, the kingpin himself eventually, and you want to 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 destroy his entire operation. Uh, this was a Capcom release back in 1993. Funny story, Aaron. This game was incredibly popular in the arcades. Really? And I mean top-of-the-charts type of popular. Yeah, this was... The, and stayed in the charts for a very long time. Uh, I guess that the the uh, fighting genre had its games just starting to come out this time. It, they hadn't really hit their peak, their their Mortal Kombat 2s, so to say. And beat-em-ups could still bring in a few quarters. And this game, Aaron, brought in some quarters. Yeah, it, it was incredibly popular. Top list when it came out for quite a while. I never knew that, but I know all my friends liked it, and so did I. It was because it was it was very different sort of uh, uh, beat-em-up, that's for sure. This is highly regarded as the best beat-em-up of all time. Yes. I don't agree with that. No. I don't either, but a lot of people do feel that way. But it's it's and, it's up there, that's for sure. And, and what makes this game so good? Because it it keeps things interesting. Uh through all the levels, you go from hand-to-hand -hand combat to gun combat, <clears throat> doing special moves, throwing grenades, picking up tons of different weapon types between swords and, or, or knives and bats and grenades and grenade launchers and it the locales continuously change uh you start out in like a casino and that's when you you know you make it people aware that you're going after the the kingpin and then you're on the streets and then you're in a bus and you go underground and the scenarios just keep changing 
and it's fast paced. You're never uh, fighting enemies for very long in the same locale, and you fight a pretty decent array of enemies, which keeps the action really moving and smooth. On top of everything else, uh, the game is remarkably fair, at least I feel. Uh, usually, you can go through this... Now, not on your first time. Not on your first time. But people can go through this on one quarter on a regular basis. I've really? Seen plenty of people not this do people. It. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> it all depends on how you play. If you are playing to complete the game using one quarter, you can do it. There are strategies to do it. And I don't mean just pick and move, pick and move type things. Uh, the, it, it's just a fair game. If you get hit, it's because you were standing in the wrong place and you didn't realize the enemy's patterns. So I, I really respect it for that. Also, it's very generous on health pickups. There are usually enough hidden in the game uh, that you can you won't stay full health, but you'll have health to work with. Uh, of course, hit your buttons together. We'll do a grenade attack, uh, which is pretty awesome, and it's for more than just the boss is going to kill me. I'm going to spam this attack a million times. It's useful to clear out uh, hordes of enemies, uh, which in most of these games, it's just when you're going to get hit, use it. But this, if you use it strategically, you can really advance farther in the game. You can play this two-player simultaneous. One is Punisher, one is Nick Fury. I always play as Punisher, just because he's... Uh, usually on the first player stick, but it's easy to play Nick Fury if you want to just hit the second player stick. I appreciate that. They play the exact same, though. They have absolutely no differences between them. I would have liked to have seen at least a little something-something, but it's not the way it is. Aaron, have you, you have played through this game before, correct? Oh, gosh, many times, many, many times. Um, is this one that you've put Luke through or no? Oh yeah, me and Luke have both played it. Uh, and yeah, we oh yeah, we played this one. Uh, this one is I like this game. Now I mean, you mentioned that it was considered one of the greatest beat 'em ups of all times. Well, I'll discuss yes. that later. But it is darn good at what it does. One of the things it does differently than uh, the game we just talked about is that, like you mentioned, it changes up stuff a lot. Yeah, uh, and also the fact that Frank Castle and and uh, Nick Fury can do hand to hand and weapons, for, you know, uh, that you can get uh, guns. It makes a big difference, and it gives you some strategy. Uh, of course, this game's much like the other one. You've got the hitting the two buttons does like a, I think uh, the Punisher does like a throw. sweep on the ground, and I'm, oh I, yeah, I, and then also they'll throw a grenade if you're in the air. The, when you pick up grenades, that helps. Uh, like you said, it's a more it's a fairer game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, if you're a Punisher fan, they, I will say they, they wrote this, uh, with, uh, so whoever put this together had read some Punishers because Punisher are like, like just at the very beginning of the game, you mentioned he fight, he fights a guy on the bus, this big guy, he takes this big guy, beats a crap out of him, he picks him up, he goes, yeah, where's the boss? And the guy's like, don't kill me, I'll tell you. And he tells him and Frank's like, goodbye. And it pops a cap in his face. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so not good yeah, it definitely keeps the spirit of the character it's bloody it's uh, there, well lots it's of, not gruesome i mean it's not like mortal Kombat bloody but it's just like there's lots of death dealt in yeah. the game 
I like. I will say one of the things that struck me as odd, and you again, this is something you see right away in the streets of Manhattan. You've got guys with guns, but for some reason, there are guys walking around with huge broadswords. Say. Swords. There's all kinds of crazy weapons. You're picking stuff out of barrels. It's like, why is this broadsword in this barrel? I was like, I don't know why. It struck me as funny that, that you're playing a, a game with Frank Castle and some guy's carrying around a battle axe. That's another thing. <laughs> like that struck me as strange. Tons of weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I dug it. You know, and uh, um, the one thing I think that got over with this was here. You've got the Marvel license and the Punisher even back then was not what I would call, he's not Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Sure. He's not, he's not Captain America. Uh, he's a lesser guy in the Marvel th- way of looking at stuff. And so, but doing a game dedicated to him was interesting, but you also get that vigilante flair of this that you don't get with a lot of other games where you, I mean, you know, you're out there, you're out there to cause carnage and destruction. You're not yes. doing it because you were wronged or whatever. You just, you just want to go crush a sucker. You're killing suckers. You're being cruel. You're setting people on fire, you know, and chopping them up. And that's and that's that's sort of the fun of it to do this stuff. I mean, a, a lot of it is it's your typical, you know, beat them up. You go in the sewers. You go in the guys' houses. You go in down the streets. You're going. It's not like they reinvent the wheel on this one either. This one. No, I disagree. I think they I think they had a lot of new concepts. You use what the weapons have X amount of uses. So you can't just carry a bat from one scene to the next, uh, you know, all the way through. <clears throat> I think it's unique that when you when the enemies have guns, that's when you pull out your gun. And it, otherwise you fight a fair hand-to-hand combat or weapon-based combat for the most part throughout the entire game. You can't just pull out the gun whenever you want. I think things like that make it unique enough to say that, yeah, I think it did do some things for the first time that nothing else did. Well, I will say, you have to put this in, I guess if you put it in the frame of reference of when it was released, you're right. This game reminds me, and I'm sure this is what happened. Uh, I think this game came along, and then I think this was this game was certainly in the mind of Capcom when they did the Alien versus Predators game. Which I think this has a lot in common with that, I th- and I think by the way that's a, another really good one. That's a CPS two game uh, that they took a lot of the concepts from this and put it in that, and made it a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think. I mean, you got to think this came out after Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, and Cadillacs and Dinosaurs did yeah. all this stuff. And by the way, I think it's a better game. Uh, but oh, no way, I do, I do. I think it's a better game because I and I because it's it, there's a lot more unique air. You know, with the dinosaurs, it gives you and the the plot's a lot more unique than this. But uh, as a comic book fan, the, you weren't getting these sorts of games released every day. I mean, me and you are both big fans of that Spider Man beat 'em up that got released yep. by Sega, right? Where you zoom in and out of combat, and you can play as Namor or Spider Man. Uh, that's a fun game, but I mean, this is leagues better than that one, you know, because this has the art and the gameplay where that one, the gameplay wasn't that great. But I mean, I can't complain about this. I thought all the acting was good in it. I mean, the, uh, you know, the the sounds, the voice acts, you know, the, when you hear them talk, so there's some sure. speech. Uh, again, much like the Warriors of Fate, I think there's a limited amount of villains. You fight the same guys a lot, and much like Warriors of Fate, you get to a point where they just march out a bunch of villains. No, you know I, it's do, true. I do not agree. Okay, I think go. That, I think that there are... Do you fight the same enemies over and over? Well, duh, it's a beat yeah. up 
That's yeah. always going to be the case. But I think that it keeps it fresh with the enemies that they, they parade out because it never keeps you in the same location long enough for you to get bored. It's always ready to move you on to the next thing. You might beat up two dozen guys, move on. Two dozen guys and a boss, move on. It's always keeping you moving, and I think that makes a tremendous difference. Unlike uh, Warriors of Fate, where it keeps you in the same locale just over and over and over and over, and if you lose your power-up, you're screwed. This game, you never feel screwed. You feel powerful from beginning to end, whether you have a weapon, whether you have your gun, whether you are uh, have an item. It's always a good time. That's, I think, the huge difference, and I think that's what makes this game so much more appealing than something like Warriors of Fate to a casual crowd is the game keeps going from beginning to the end. It always giving you something new to play with, something new to pick up. I think it makes a tremendous difference. I wish they would put in more Marvel established bad guys. I mean, really, I think Crossbones... They probably didn't is, have the rights. Well, I think Crossbones is in here and a Kingfield. Well, they've got a couple. Why couldn't you have yeah, some Yeah, they more, have a you few. Know? I would have liked to see stuff like that. And I, I mean, like I said... This is I like this game. I played this game a lot. I like the tone of it, but I don't think it's a huge leagues different than a lot of the other ones. And also, uh, uh, oh, I so disagree. I think part of the reason you like it so much, and part of the reason we probably both like it more than Warriors of Fate, is the fact that like we know what the plot of this one is, and that goes a long way because you know what's happening. When Warriors of Fate, I was didn't have much of a clue as to what was going on. But, I, I mean, don't know, I do think this is better than Warriors. I, I don't know, man. I, for me, I love it when I'm going down the street and I'm punching people, and then I see that first bad guy pull his gun, which I know what that means. I'm getting my sidearm out, and then it becomes a whole different atmosphere. I mean, you're shooting guys just as fast as you can hit the button, as fast as you can get your cursor over them, and you're just feeling awesome. It makes you feel powerful, and it's fun to do. And the bad guys all have guns too. So you have to get the ones that are getting ready to shoot you. That makes a big difference. Yeah. Also, it, the weapons are so much more fun in this game. Well, I mean, I'll admit they've got a better and more diverse set of weapons and the, and more of the missile weapons, obviously. So that, that goes that does go a long way. Listen, I like it better than Warriors. I'm simple, I mean they're mechanically they're very similar. I mean, that's what I that's all I'm saying there. One of the best, if not the best, you can argue some of the the D&D ones are better. They're definitely deeper and have more gameplay elements, uh, which does make them a better game. However, for your borderline, baseline beat-em-up, this is my go-to game. I've played through it several times, and I enjoy it every time. So, you, you know, just to expand this a little bit, you're telling me this is better than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? This is better than uh, X-Men? Uh, this is better... Uh, then uh, uh, those sorts of games from other companies. This is your preferred game, Turtles in Time. Single player, Avengers. yes. Now, right. you can't beat getting six people or eight people around an X-Men cabinet. Uh, that, that That's a whole different atmosphere. And you're, you're like this better than the Dungeons and Dragons games as well. Playing alone, I do. I, I really do. Because the, the issue with that. the Dragons, the issue with the Dungeons and Dragons games is once you run out of your items, you know, which is the key element that makes it different from all the other beat em ups. Once you run out of items 
or you get to a position where you're behind in levels for whatever reason, the game slows down tremendously and becomes less becomes more of a struggle just to proceed. Where this, you never feel that way. There's no leveling system. There's no getting stuck somewhere. It is all about kicking butt, beginning to end, fast-paced, high action. You know, we did get a, a review in on this, the brand. Uh, all right, let's hear it. Believe it or not, they didn't wa- look at mine, but they looked at yours. It says, Well, your game was crap. Too. I'll so. take off. Uh, it was not crap. Uh, Pajaka writes, A great coin-munching, button-bashing game with nods to other Capcom's games. Spot the knight armor and lance from Ghosts and Goblins? Did you, Brent? <laughs> a good array of weapons to dispatch enemies and plenty of level variety. Gameplay gets a bit samey, par for the course, though. The real appeal is knowing you have a limited supply of coins in your pocket, then sweating as the action uh, heats up and the credits run low. Playing on free play takes the edge off, and you can't and you can spot the crunch points designed to kill you off and take your money. However, this is fun and worth your time to play if you haven't already. Eight out of ten. Absolutely, he, I agree with that a hundred percent. He was down with it. So I'm guessing as we close this topic out, the Brent, uh, uh, is this your favorite dash game? Oh yeah, yeah. That goes that goes without even saying. I, like, again, it's your I, favorite too. My, no, it's not. My favorite of, of the dash games is Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. But oh, no, this that's is a close good, second. man. But it, it's no, it's no punishment. I think Cadillacs and Dinosaurs a little more polished and a little more interesting. Oh, you're insane. And also the end boss and stuff is way better, and the plot's better. In fact, I and the funny thing is, I don't give a crap about the comic, but I, I like it more. You know what else I don't give a crap about? You, but I like this more. It's the freaking wheel. Let's get it going, man. So, I'm going to tell you what we've got on the wheel this week. Uh, We've got, and everyone in chat, keep frosty. We've got two spots for you guys. We've got the chat subject choice. We've got the Sinclair QL. We've got the the, uh, Com35, Comx35, new 16-bit games, games that became other games, C64 Flight Sims, Chat Choice, Fight, the Retro Rewind piece this week, Brent, is the Apple II, and the new piece on the wheel, VCR games that aren't Action Max. And by the way, Action Max <laughs> is a console, by the way, so I, I, I don't like that remark. Do you have a thought on this week? Which one would you like to play? Uh, I, I'm still shooting for some chat interaction. So All right, here we go. So chat, pay attention. If something comes up for you guys, you have to chime in. Here we go. The C64 Flight Sims brand. Holy smokes, that's going to be crazy. This was a uh, request from Olaf Hope, who was here earlier. I'm not sure he's still around, but Olaf, you get your request, my friend. C64 Flight Sims. Well, Brent, I don't think either one of us have any experience in that department, do we? That is backing us into a corner, isn't it? (laughs) C64 Flight Sims. Well, I know Gunship was on there. I'm sure Super Huey would be on there. Uh, so we're just going to be a crapshoot this week. Uh, anything you want, any business you want to take care of before we close this thing out, the Brent? Uh, no, I'm business late today, Aaron. Very uh, good. I guess for our regular fans uh, or anyone that wants to join us at our regular time, we normally record live every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. EDT. Hope to see you there. There you go. Very good. And I want to thank everyone that showed up uh, this week at the uh, at the uh, um, International Computer Club meeting. We had a good time, and it's up on it's up on the uh, YouTube channel. If you're interested in having a look, 
Brent, let's take this thing to the house. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. Until next week, dash on. Hi, everybody! Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. We want to say a special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector style graphic and Bart Pitt for our amazing music. We also want to say a super special thank you to our supporters. Rolo, Olive Huff, oh, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Norris, Frodo and L, Chris Foles, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob, Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Andy Jones, Kevin Bean, Jocko6502, Anthony Jarvis, Steve Rasmussen, Bernhard Lucas, Dave Velociraptor, Graham W. Betke, Roshi, Mr. B, David Terrence, Super Tech Boy, Oram, Sundown, Texas Foosballer, Airshot, Retroallergy, John Deckman, Jerry Dennington, and Z9K9. Would you like to become a supporter for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. Supporters get access to our Discord channel and their name called out in the credits. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can support us by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday on Twitch, Sunday, 10 a.m. Hope to see you there.